Merry Christmas. If you're a guest with us today, you're in the right place. I can't wait to celebrate Christmas with you. Lights are going up everywhere all around town, and here we are focused on the good news of great joy that is for all people. Uh, December means it's time for our end-of-year offering. I love how we do our end-of-year offering. In case you've forgotten, it's pretty simple. For the whole month of December, 20% of everything that's given to the church goes right out the door to our two end-of-year projects. This is a really important time for the generosity of our church. It's important for us spiritually because God says that our generosity anchors our hearts to God's purposes. It's important for the ministry of the church. We, we count on a good and generous December to launch ne the next year's ministry in a strong and confident posture. And of course, it's important to the strategic partnerships we've chosen. You'll learn more about them in the coming weeks, but the two, are, they're real simple and they're both awesome. The first is a church planting and child development project in Ecuador. And the second is our local ministry in partnership with the West Main Church, serving the food insecure and the hungry of our region, offering strategic care, offering a meal, offering a worship service, and especially offering a community that supports them as God's people. And the whole month of December in our preaching series, we're spending time in Luke chapter 2. And we're asking to be interrupted. Interrupted because life without interruption grows quickly dull. Interrupted because in this season, this year especially, a lot of us just feel so stuck. Interrupted because, simply put, unless God interrupts our world in a major way, there just isn't much to celebrate in life. Because so much is broken and so much is hurting. Unless God has a plan to interrupt the trajectory of our world and put it on a new course, is there good news? Last week, we talked about the fundamental spiritual invitation of this whole series. I hope that you will let God interrupt your life. You were not meant to just muddle through one foot in front of another, never looking up, never experiencing hope. You were meant to know that there is good news of great joy for all people. I almost made a tragic parenting mistake the other day. I almost woke my kid up early on a snow day. Had a two-hour delay earlier in the week, and I missed the interruption. And so when he wasn't out of bed and in the shower, I was about to knock on the door, and then I wondered, was it a snow day? Had I missed the interruption? Did I not know that there was good news of great joy for all people, or at least for the students of the Johnson City School District? Sure enough, I went and Googled. I had missed the interruption, and I almost did the unthinkable, wake a 16-year-old up early on a snow day. And that is the kind of interruption God wants for you this Christmas. Right when you thought there was no good news coming, right when you were in danger of missing the announcement, God wants you to be interrupted. 
So let's dive back into Luke chapter 2 and pay attention so that God might interrupt your life. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph did too. He went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, uh, who was pledged to be married to him, and she was expecting a child. While they were there, she gave birth to a baby boy, her firstborn. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Meanwhile, there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel, interrupting their quiet night, said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This was the interruption we talked about last week. That the new king had come. The rescuing king had come. The promised king had come. The delivering king had come. And that all other kings and kingdoms would be overthrown and would bow down to the one true king who would reign. But the interruptions of this story aren't over. Verse 13, suddenly... A great company of the heavenly hosts, an army of angels, appears with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Let's go, they said. Their plans for the evening had been interrupted. I mean, they knew what their plans for the evening was, right? Let's not, we, we don't give into the illusion that they were somehow sitting around looking for something to do. They had their evening all mapped out. Stay there, in the dark, in the fields, and watch the sheep. The whole evening was already planned, but their plans got interrupted, and they got sent in a new direction. And to be clear, the interruption isn't the baby. Babies were born in Bethlehem all the time. It's not even the manger. It's a little odd to put a baby in a manger, but it's not that crazy. No, the interruption was the message of the angels. The interruption was the message of the angel armies, armies promising that something long awaited now was happening. And they heard the message loud and clear and they looked at one another and they said, let's go. We sometimes miss the message. Oh, maybe we hear the interruption, but we miss the message. Have you ever heard this interruption? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, super helpful. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, have you heard that one, right? I don't know what it said. Uh, I heard an interruption like that once. I was waiting in the international terminal of a German airport on a layover that had taken much longer than expected. Restlessly, I was sitting at the gate when the interruption came, but it was in German over the bad airport PA system, and so I had no idea what it meant. But I knew it meant something because suddenly everyone around me started packing up their stuff and shuffling off down the hall. The announcement got repeated, this time in French, and I, I tried to listen because once upon a time I, I knew a little French, but I couldn't catch it. Finally, they repeated the announcement in English, and I was so glad, and this is what it sounded like. Did you get that? Yeah, no, me neither. With all the noise and my fellow passengers suddenly moving around and the terrible PA systems they put in airports, I couldn't understand a word. It was the interruption I'd been waiting for. It was the message I needed to hear, and I couldn't understand it. But it was a big deal to me. I wanted to know what that interruption meant. And so I tracked down uh, one of the gate agents that I'd met earlier who spoke flawless English, and she explained to me what had happened and told me where I needed to go, and I shuffled off after the crowds to find our new gate. And that can happen to us. I want to warn you that the same thing that almost happened to me in the international wing of a random German airport can happen to you too. That you'll hear the interruption of the angel army, but you won't know what it means and so you won't know what to do with that interruption. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about an interruption that occurs a little later in this text. The interruption that this baby is going to be named Jesus because he's going to save us from our sins. And that is such a vital interruption to know that now we no longer pay the penalty for our sins, but are released from that debt by the grace of God. And as awesome as that interruption is, and we're going to focus our attention on it in a couple of weeks, that interruption, as big as it is, is only part of the bigger interruption that the angel armies come to announce. And sometimes, like a bad PA system at a busy airport, the very interruption you most need to hear is the one you miss. Unless you go find a friendly gate agent and track down the interruption you need to hear. So let's do it. Let's track, track it down. Make sure we understand what the angel army's interruption means. What does it mean for them to say that on earth peace, shalom, has now come? What does it mean to say that the favor of God now rests on God's people? Luke doesn't make us wait too long to help us understand this interruption. Because in the fourth chapter, just two chapters later, this same interruption arrives once again. 
In Luke chapter 4, after the temptations, uh, Jesus' ministry just, just starts. It just starts happening. And, and we get a couple verses that make it clear that it is going awesome. Luke, 14, Luke 4, verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Things are going great. And then Jesus interrupts his own ministry. Verse 16, he went to Nazareth. This is his hometown where he was brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. As it was his custom, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it said this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the beginning of Psalm 61. And then Jesus rolled up the scroll. He handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began his sermon. Oh, I wish we had the rest of the sermon. We just have the very first sentence. He began his sermon by saying to them, Today, this scripture, Isaiah chapter 61, is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, it all happens. In verse 22, everybody spoke well of him. They were amazed at his gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus says the interruption that God promised through the prophet Isaiah is now in me here. And the crowd goes wild. Now almost immediately, he gets into some trouble. Because he goes on to remind them that the interruption of Isaiah 61 is for all people. Not just for Jesus' people, not just for the Jewish people, not even just for his hometown, but for all people. And, and they're not exactly thrilled about that. In fact, they decide they want to kill him because they really wanted the good news to be for them and not for everybody. And, and there's a sermon in there for us, isn't there? If we were to read a little bit longer in Luke chapter 4, and see how the people turned on Jesus when they realized that his love was for everybody and not just for them. There's a sermon in there somewhere. Because we do that sometimes. We want the blessing of God for us first and then for them. We sometimes look out for our rights rather than what will bless others. We sometimes care more about our family and our people and our congregation and our town and our livelihood than we care for others. There is a sermon in what goes wrong in Luke chapter 4. A sermon that reminds us that the interrupting work of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy for 
all people. Uh, but that won't be today's sermon. Today, I just want to make sure you understand the announcement. Like me in that German airport, you can't just sit there and say, well, if they wanted me to know the announcement, they, they would have not mumbled so much. No, I want you to make sure you understand the announcement of the angels. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Shalom to those where the favor of God has come to rest. I want to make sure you understand the announcement of Jesus. Today, this scripture is happening while you hear it. The favor of God has come. And to understand the interruption, we, we've got to go back to I, Isaiah chapter 61. That's the text that Jesus was preaching on that day. We don't know how much of it he read, but they would have known the whole psalm. Isaiah 61 is one of the promises of Isaiah that comes to us saying that God will do what we cannot do. You see, the Jewish people had this idea. It went by a couple different names. Probably the most common was the idea of the year of Jubilee. The idea was that the people of God could get organized and periodically look around and find everything that was broken in the world and, and they would fix it. It was a super simple idea. It was like every once in a while we'll just gather together and, and if anybody had their land taken away from them by some shady business deal, we'll, we'll make sure they get it back so that they, they have some land to farm and no one goes hungry. And if anybody was unjustly imprisoned, we'll make sure they were released from prison and, and they're allowed to rebuild their lives. And, and if anybody has abused their wealth or abused their power to kind of oppress other people, we'll make sure that, that they have to restore store what has been taken and, and will make sure that they experience justice for their abuse of others. Uh, the, the idea was that we would comfort those who were burdened by grief or loss or despair. And, and again, throughout, uh, consistently throughout scripture, we have this idea that this is something the people of God should be working for. And it is this awesome idea. There was just one problem. It, it never happened. Oppression continued, and hungry people got stuck in cycles of poverty, and unjust laws continued to affect some people worse than others, and people got put in prison for no good reason, and, and nobody ever really came to bat for them. It, it just didn't happen. The, the systems of the, of the world weren't actually sufficient to heal what was wrong with the world. So then in Isaiah 61, Isaiah brings word. God says, that year of jubilee, that year of justice and recovery and restoration and healing, the one you've been hoping for and trying to accomplish under your own power but not succeeding, God says, it's going to happen. And God says, I'm going to do it. The world of injustice and cruelty and suffering is going to be interrupted. The year of justice will happen. The year of peace will happen. The year of setting things right will happen. And God says that God is going to do it. And then Jesus, remembering that promise, says, Today, today it happens. Today 
this promise is fulfilled in your hearing. And so that you catch the meaning of the interruption, I just want to look back with you at what Isaiah 61 said that interruption would be like. Isaiah begins like this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for all those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Let, let God's word build in your spirit. This is what the interruption of Jesus means. That those who are poor will be cared for. Those who are imprisoned will be freed. Those who grieve will be comforted. Those who bro are broken will be restored. Those in darkness brought into light. Do you know some people in this place? Are, are you in this place? Jesus says, the year of your justice is here. The year of your peace is here. The year of God's favor is here. When the oil of joy replaces that of mourning and a garment of praise is put on instead of the spirit of despair, and you will be called, I love this line, an oak of righteousness, a mighty tree of God's rightness that can withstand the struggles of this world. Isaiah goes on, In that year, when the year of the Lord's favor comes, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. I love this image. This means that all of God's people are now priests, ministers, interceding on behalf of a God, loving God for the sake of the whole world. Every one of us who is part of God's people is now called a minister to all people. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations in their riches. You will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Some of you might be trapped right now by shame. And Jesus says, it's a new year. It's the year where your shame has been taken away. And instead, you get a double portion, a double inheritance. Like the firstborn son of a great king, you get a double inheritance. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. You will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. He goes on, in the year of the Lord's favor, there will be justice, he says. I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing, and so God will work against the evil in our world. In faithfulness, I will reward my people, make an everlasting covenant with them. That's a promise that God will never break and God will always keep. Their descendants will be known among the nations, their offspring among all the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. 
my soul rejoices in the Lord, for he has clothed me in garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes the seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations. This is the interruption the angels announce. The peace of God has come, and the favor of God now rests on God's people. This is the interruption that Jesus announces. It, it, it is literally impossible for us to exaggerate the full implications of the interruption of Jesus Christ in the world. It includes everything you've ever heard and then some. It includes the forgiveness of sins and the saving of souls. It includes eternal life and the freedom from death. But it also includes lives that are like an oak of righteousness. It includes mercy for the downtrodden, recovery for the poor, sight for the blind, joy for the grieving, comfort for the lonely, family for the orphan, glory for those trapped in shame, and inheritance for those who have nothing. It, it does include justice. For the oppressed, God will discipline us for even our own sin. But the one who disciplines us for how we have oppressed others is the merciful one who then redeems us so that we will no longer oppress others. And those we have oppressed will be raised up. This is the full mercy that is announced in Jesus Christ that God will establish his glory in the heavens and the earth. And once you've understood the interruption, well, you've got to do something. Don't live like you weren't interrupted. I mean, imagine how crazy it would be if the shepherds had heard this angelic army announce glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth the peace of God has come, the favor of God now rests upon God's people. Imagine if they'd heard all that and then just sat there. I mean, right? That would be crazy. Or, or if I was back in that airport in Germany and the announcement came over the loudspeaker and I didn't understand it and then I did a little investigation, I found a gate agent who told me what the message meant, how foolish it would have been if I'd just gone back to my seat and sat there at the wrong gate. See, the ongoing spiritual challenge of this sermon series is to let your life be interrupted. To, to be startled to discover that there still is good news of great joy for all people. But if you're just interrupted and then go right back to what you were doing, well, honestly, that isn't going to help very much. 
That's not what the interruption of God is for. The interruption of God is meant to change the trajectory of our lives. So get interrupted and then live in light of the interruption. I know I covered a lot by just reading so quickly through Isaiah 61, and it's just, I just couldn't decide what to leave out. But maybe you need to go back and read it slowly. And, and, and with every verse, hear Jesus say, today this scripture is happening. Today this scripture is fulfilled. Read it slowly and recognize that this is the work that Jesus intends to accomplish. That where Jesus is king, this is what the world looks like. And, and you could just ask Jesus. You could just say, so what part of this message do I need to act on? What part of this message do I need to put into practice? Do you need to live like an oak of righteousness? Standing firm for the glory, goodness, and holiness of God? Maybe while your friends are abandoning you? Do you need to look out for the poor and the hungry? That's why our Christmas offering is organized the way it is. Maybe you need to contribute to that, or maybe you need to get invested with your own time. Go down and volunteer at West Main or serve in some other way. There are so many opportunities right now for you to say, I'm going to be interrupted from just thinking about my stuff for me and figure out how my stuff could be for somebody else. Do you need to help free some captives? Maybe those that are captive to their grief or to an addiction or to a depression, or maybe those, maybe you need care for those in prison. It's a lonely way to live. Maybe you could reach out and show some love to some people in prison. Do you need to decide to work for justice? That's what Isaiah says, right? I'm going to establish justice. You need to work for justice and protect the oppressed. Remember, Jesus says, this is happening. The stuff Isaiah talked about, how God was going to enact the year of the Lord's favor, it's now happening in me. Jesus says, the time of comfort is here. Who do you need to comfort? Jesus says, the time of good news is here. Who do you need to reach with the gospel? Jesus says, the time of worship is is here. Do you need to set aside some time and give praise to God? Jesus says the time of justice is here. Do you need to work for justice in our world? Jesus says the time of good news, of great joy for all people is here. What would it look like for you to be an advocate for good news for all people, not just your own needs, but the needs of everybody. Who would you start with? I don't know, maybe your neighbor, maybe somebody across the globe, but you could, you could just get started, right? This is what the interruption of the angels does. It awakens us to the opportunity we have to partner with the work of God. The most foolish thing we could do with the interruption of Christmas is to hear it, understand it, and then just go back to the way we were. 
Instead, the interruption to you is the same as what it was to the shepherds. They heard of the new work God was doing through Jesus Christ, and they said to one another, let's go. Let's go see what God is up to and how we can be a part of it. And I just want to challenge you, would you be that shepherd today? As you, as you reconsider how God wants to interrupt the world as, as he articulates it in Isaiah 61, would you just tell God, let's go. Show me, God, how I can participate in the great interruption of your blessing and glory and peace and favor. Let's pray. God, interrupt us. When it feels like we are just stuck sitting in the waiting room of life, waiting for the next announcement that will tell us what to do, would you interrupt us with a message of hope and glory and goodness and having been interrupted, God, call us into action. I pray for the people, God, who need to become active for justice in this world active for mercy in this world, active in comforting the grieving or feeding the hungry or caring for the poor or living for righteousness or reaching out to the broken or training up the next generation. There's so much, God, in that vision of goodness that you gave to Isaiah that you now say, through Jesus Christ, you are establishing. And so I pray, God, that you would call us Awaken us to the interruption of the angels. And that like the shepherds, we would just say, and this is our prayer right now, let's go. Let us go see what our God is up to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.